Globe listeners, welcome to Vicious Cycle, the comedy podcast about periods. I'm your co-blast, Meg Hayes. I'm, I'm Kate See, this is what happens when we're not in person. When we're not in the same That's room together. That's never happened before. I know. Okay, Meg, Usually are hesitant. Please. You guys, Thank Venus you. is in retrograde. We both jumped for it. Venus is in retrograde. <laughs> oh, it's Venus and definitely not Mercury. Anyways, hi, I'm oh, Meg Trowbridge. <laughs> and I'm Kate Elston, and I don't know what Venus in retrograde means. So definitely join our Patreon. We will write flowoscopes and <laughs> we make know no shit. sense. Totally. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, So we are... Uh, so excited. First of all, welcome. Um, we're so excited today uh, to be talking to an amazing VIB. Uh, she is a um, Brooklyn-based uh, stand-up comedian and musician and writer. And y'all probably know her from her amazing song that went viral called 100 Tampons, um, which we'll play in just a little bit. But we got to talk to Marsha Belsky today. It was so yeah. fun. Um, so like I said, Marsha wrote this really funny song, 100 Tampons. Um, she also co-wrote a musical called Handmaid's Tale, the musical. She's done a lot of really amazing feminist shit. Um, and we had a really fun time talking to her. Uh, and obviously we're kindred spirits because we write funny songs about periods periods. although this is marcia's only song about periods we have like 70 (laughs) (laughs) um definitely kindred spirits yes let's just get right into the episode with marcia but before let's play for the listeners this little ditty 100 tampons so you can jog your mems this last song um is the story about the first american woman to ever go to space sally ride Remember when NASA sent a woman to space for only six days and they gave her 100 tampons, 100 tampons. And they asked, will that be enough? Cause they didn't know if that was enough. These are our nation's greatest minds. They are literally rocket scientists. They also tied the tampons together by the strings like sausages. 100 tampons, 100 tampons. Let's get to it with Marsha Belsky. Honestly, we are honored to have you on this episode. We're so excited. We're a podcast about periods, and you released a song about 100 tampons, and we're just like, we're kindred spirits. This is kismet. <laughs> now I'm the tampons girl. Yay. That yeah. <laughs> was sick. How's it, it feel? Was funny, like, <laughs> feels great. I mean, I, it was funny. Like, I just had this interview where this lady's like, you know, isn't it great that you're like starting conversation and like all this stuff. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like it is great. Like I hadn't, I really hadn't thought about it that way. Like, and I was like, (laughs) because in my circle in New York, like, or like, you know what I mean? Just like at a certain point when you're 31, I think like the people around you, I'm not like embarrassed to talk about my period anymore, but I forget Mm -hmm. that it's like, 
you know, when I was like 17 and 18, like I would like make my mom go and buy tampons for me. Cause I was like, so I was like, she would like lecture me too. I'd be like, what if like someone in my class, like sees me buying tampons? She's like, what if they do? Like, I literally, I would die. Mom. It would make like, a, I would die. Like I imagined that it would make like a boy who like liked me, loved me before be so disgusted by me that he would like, <laughs> never speak with me again like <laughs> truly the worst so, case scenario like, and I yeah I don't know when I got over that I don't know if it was like college or later where it's like you just obviously reach a point where you're like yeah so it's been it's been cool because I didn't think about it like that that like because it's just kind of like silly and funny it's like a way for like some people who don't talk about periods a lot to be like isn't this crazy that men don't know a lot about periods dad like or whatever (laughs) I I absolutely love to your line in the song like they're literally rocket scientists they are our nation's brightest brightest minds (laughs) I mean that's always the funniest thing about like you know things like that because it's just like and for us too like you know with like our whiteness and stuff which is like privilege is so blinding that it's Mm, like you can be the smartest person on earth and you're just gonna be so stupid about like shit (laughs) yes like that like you know what I mean so it's like yeah it's it's hilarious to me that it's like because also that they didn't really ask her and they also <laughs> get, they created this like makeup kit for her that she like I guess they like presented to her and she was like no thanks like and so it's just funny to me imagining Not like, into these her men makeup are just, in space. <laughs> yeah like they're trying to be inclusive but like in that like they're the conversations are just so awkward and it's like they're they're so like you know intentional about everything they bring in space that it was like hilarious to me that they're like I mean we've got we budgeted for a hundred Sally and she's like you know I appreciate that but like (laughs) it's that's okay and then I get some people in the comments like being like I think it's nice and actually a hundred is great because you have to count on like them her being stuck there for six months it's like yeah I mean that wouldn't have really been funny in the song so (laughs) I think you get the point so yeah Speaking of like Sally Ride, res- did she ever like respond to this? Like, what did she, died she a while say? Ago. Right, but no, not not your song. Although that would be has amazing. her ghost reached out to you yet? Yeah, um, yeah. Did her ghost reach she, out to your people? Is she haunting you? <laughs> no, no, no. I meant like, did she ever like? What did she say about this fiasco? This mini fiasco of like, misunderstanding. Yes. Like, did you do you know if she ever commented? She so that's how like basically the whole story came out is like because the whole thing was it went viral like the actual story itself went viral on Twitter like you know probably a year or so before I wrote the song mm. and um it was a Vox article or something like that and I'd have to reread exactly what she said um but basically the tampons never went to space with her but they asked her like Sally like basically will a hundred tampons be enough for you or like they were like um they told her they were gonna give her 100 tampons and she basically was like no that's okay and then they were like right because it's too many like yes so she like so that and the story about them creating a makeup kit both came from like an interview that she gave I'm not sure if it was the same interview but her giving an interview basically telling that story so that's the whole reason anyone knows the story is that she 
at some point I'll have to look at the original article again but at some point she she basically told this story publicly before she died okay nice amazing I mean it would be great if she could like if she could comment on your song like it's really rude that she hasn't Um, (laughs) some of her family she's got there's a Sally Ride like you know institute or something like that 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 liked it and like but I didn't actually even know when I wrote the song that she had died and then like once I like you know posted it I was like oh yeah and I looked up her life and like she's fascinating woman I mean I was I kind of want to I maybe will still do this like I wanted to write a little 30 to 45 minute like musical about her because Mm. like you know she's a lesbian and like I think she had to hide it and like NASA like I I also just imagine like with that that like the men were so oblivious that they're like how come Sally never dates or you know what I mean (laughs) back in that day because I think she lived like a real quiet life with her partner like in Washington state like she just like kind of went off the grid and they had like a quiet life together I'm pretty sure that's the truth and then she died pretty young of cancer like in her like late 60s um which I like not a scientist, but a part of me is like, there's got to be a lot of radiation in space, right? It's a good point. I just That's had that question. thought. I was like, I wonder yeah. if it was the space travel. Damn. Like space Buzz- in Long Island. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Buzz Aldrin is still alive. So why he is spared versus first woman in space. Right. That's obviously the patriarchy at work. Because they gave her a lady suit and they were like, it's totally different <laughs> from the other exactly, ones. Exactly, dude. They <laughs> Wasn't there also recently, that just reminds me of like another controversy where like they didn't make space, like this is very recently, like spacesuits for women, like there was something wrong about them. Like they didn't have, God, I want to Google it now. There Probably. was something crotches. There, yeah, oh, it was something. Yeah. Hold on, I'm going to Google it. Yes, Kate. Yeah, they didn't, like, configure the suits for women. Um, Like, the the, the way, like, it fits. Like, the the torso and the... Yeah, anyway. Mm -hmm. Because it's like anything else. They probably personalize every single thing to, like, the man's body, like, the individual Mm -hmm. astronaut. Because they're like, we got to get Buzz a special suit or whatever. Like, (laughs) But, well, there was also this story. Somebody, some guy, like, um, made a TikTok under using like my 100 tampons sound mm. and i googled to like make sure this story was true and it is like apparently for an aspect of the male spacesuit is they have to have basically a condom like thing over their dick and like they to protect because the dick, awesome. yeah to protect the d got to um <laughs> science is, this is why science exists <laughs> this is my you know men's rights movement protect the d um <laughs> feminists are fighting for men too never forget mm. that but yeah so they like they put this like <laughs> condom like every guy had to have a condom and it really had to fit like exactly like snug because otherwise it was dangerous <laughs> like you can't have any air in the spacesuit. so the issue was was that like when they gave all the men the options for small, medium, and large, of course, every single male astronaut large. chose large. Large, large, totally large. large. And so they all Yes, were my like, flaccid yeah, dick is very large. Like, life or death, and nobody outside of just the other men in the space thing are going to know life or death. They're still like, it's large, bro. So then, like... And then they're all stuffing it, like, fuck, I got it. No, so the way that they fixed this problem, and I'm not shitting, I mean, at least according when I Googled it, the way that NASA fixed this problem is they changed the sizes to, like, large, 
huge and like humongous. Like, they're, like they change. They changed it to literally like huge, humongous, and giant or something. Big bang. Yes. So the Starbucks of like dick measuring. Exactly. <laughs> like venti. Like they're like, can I get a large for like? Do you mean a a venti humongous or like whatever? Yeah. So that's that's insane. the science we're working with here, oh and God. it's like yeah, and it's also it's like all industries like that where it's like when it's men they always know it's going to be men that maybe there will be like a few more women that come in they're not going to like change the industry and be like we'll design one lady space you know suit but how many could there be 20 <laughs> well what the hell do we do now like <laughs> also i love marcia's voice for someone designing this is like orville redenbacher any any person that i do that's sort of just like a classic working stiff gotta be a transatlantic accent you know Uh, just jimmy stewart making space exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh my Um, gosh well before you blew up in 2020 and years prior uh, but before the 100 Tampons song came into existence, you were once a baby, Marsha. You were mm-hmm. once a young woman coming of age. And we'd love to know, what was what was your first period like? I remember my first period was like, kind of like underwhelming. I mean, I always, I was not a big ceremonious kid. I don't like the whole, like, ugh. I remember my, my, and my mom's not a super emotional mom, but she like started crying a little bit when I like told her that I got my period and I was like, do oh. not like, you know, <laughs> <what I mean? laughs> that's Shut every tween's favorite thing for their parents I'm like, to show do them not emotion. Fucking do this right now. And she's like, okay, okay. <laughs> and I just, cause like really, and like, you know the movies show it that you like bleed but really it was weird like I thought I had like shit my pants or something because I like look and my underwear was just like brown and I was like yes the fuck is this like and then it's weird because like I didn't know how to properly use a tampon like for probably like the first two years I had my period because I think a lot of girls have traumatic things around tampons because like your mom has to kind of like show you or tell you and that's weird and like I couldn't get it up in like the way because they're like when it's in the right way, like it won't hurt. It'll feel like normal for years. I was like, I guess I'll just wear a pad and literally bleed through at middle school every day, terrified that someone's going to be like, Marcia. like, of course that happened. Like every period someone's like, you might want to die. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, Cause it's just like, you're like wearing a pad and you don't know what the hell is going on. And then yeah. like, I was at summer camp and it was like, I had to go, like, I was like, I'm going swimming. So I was like, this tampon's going in, whether it hurts like shit or not. And then like, cause also I remember, so my mom, like she had the like OB type of tampons and like, you always, the oh boy, the advanced level. It's advanced. And like, I don't think she realized cause that's like what she'd been using forever. And so I like, she, she bought me the ones with applicators like eventually, but like even those I like just couldn't get. Cause also like, they don't make it like clear enough like I mean I remember like I had an applicator up there for a while like I think I got the put the top part of the applicator in and like left it in and like mm. you know they could just be clearer about what's going on 100 <laughs> percent. Like, I still can't use a diva cup because I had like I think I I was like 25 or like 26 and everybody's being like you gotta use a diva cup you gotta use a diva cup so much better 
And it's like, I tried it like twice, had the same frustration when I like couldn't get the tampon to work. And I was literally in my head. I was like, I'm not doing this again. Like, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I got the tampon to work. Yes. I'm like, I'm not fucking doing this again. (laughs) I will say I, I gave myself like a day. I wasn't working. I just like, this is the day I'm trying a diva cup. And I like, (laughs) it took like four tries. And then I like moved around. I like went on a bike ride. I took a bath. I was like, okay, okay. Like it definitely is like, take PTO and try it out. (laughs) It's a a personal day. I just know when when people are describing, I'm like, all right, so then how do you clean it? All this stuff. I'm like, I'm going to like walk out of the bathroom and try and like dump it in the sink and just get blood everywhere. Like, it's like, I can't, (laughs) I'm not like, I can just see it on, on an already bad period day. Like, like fuck but you know sustainability is good like I should one day I'll I'll, I'll figure it out like the day before I hit menopause probably Um, (laughs) nailed it (laughs) yeah that's what you need so yeah so I started my period in like seventh grade and then I would say really hit my stride around ninth or tenth like you know knew how to knew how to put the tampon in I mean look that's cool that's very you're talking to you're talking to two women that didn't how old was I? 19 when I started You're using tampons? When you got your first... Oh, okay. No, when I started using tampons. And then Meg, you were 21? I was 21. I mean, like, some places never do. Like, I thank was you. like, yeah. I didn't realize. Like, you go to some, like, I was in South America and, like, nobody uses tampons. So they're, like, super expensive because, like, everybody uses mm. pads. So I was like, mm. oh, it's kind of a cultural thing, too. Yeah, that's true. Very interesting. I'm impressed that you as a ninth grader were like, yeah, look at me using tampons. No big deal. Listen, I, do, I wanted to go swimming bad. And it might so, have been like yes. before that. But I feel that's like so we, weird too. We, You're like, I got the applicator in. Or I mean, the string yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I know. We need it's to do weird. a national poll for how many people started using tampons because they wanted to go swimming. I feel like it would be like 80%. Well, we all, as we've established, the three of us, we all started using tampons after we were, had hit finger third banged. base. Yes, we're finger banged mm. by male I was tutors. before. <laughs> I got one the in men, before. It was the men in our lives that showed us where our vaginas were. Yeah. Which is so really we were Yeah, we were really bummed by that fact. We laughed a lot and then we, we were laughed like, that's, and then we cried. That's that sad. makes sense. Well some places think that tampons are like slutty basically. Like right? mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. And we proved them right. And, proved and y'all them proved right. them right. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So it's like disclaimer for everyone at home. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And a scientist would, but like my first thought, yeah, like, but like my whole thing with a period in space is like, don't you shed your uterine lining because of gravity or am I dumb? (gasps) Like where it's like, that's a whoa, whoa, whoa. Wouldn't it just kind of float in the bod until you got back to gravity? But also no, probably if you're, if you're in space for like two years, like, do you have your period? I mean, I assume so, but we need to know these answers. Good cue. I just want to know how gravity affects the period, and I bet the yes. men at NASA were like, "Oh, we don't have time. Just give her the tampons." There's um, no way of knowing. <laughs> we need to yeah. interview a female astronaut. Yes, we do. Ooh! Only He's about like her been period. Been on the International Space Station. <laughs> Honestly, like a lot of comedians do, like a lot of period material. Like I, I don't do that much period material, like because I'm lucky that 
basically my period doesn't like totally fuck up my life like as bad as it does some of my friends like but I you know I have like two period jokes and it's like funny because I mean I'm talking like besides the 100 tampons one and it's like I had one joke that was so tame that was like literally it was just about me having like a period tracker app on my phone and like forgetting to put in my period all the time to the point that the phone's like sending you alerts like a concerned like <laughs> uncle you know just like hey you're 900 days late for your period like okay? you peed on a stick yet <laughs> yeah like you have a baby where is he um and it was like and so it's like that's not like a graphic period joke in any way right. and that's why it's like funny with like you know certain like men or like people where like that just like like this guy came up to me afterwards and he's like good stuff didn't like that period joke but the rest is pretty good like and it's just like god like it's like it was so tame about like, an app like, like about, my tech about joke? just having a period <laughs> they just don't like when they're excluded and i think they're mm. i mean first of all just like we have penis envy men have serious womb envy like mm. they feel useless at not being able to create life inside their belly or whatever like yeah you know but that's also way reductive because like obviously a lot of women do not like cannot reproduce and things like that but sure. i just there are some men where it's like i just look at them and i'm like you're just so jealous you don't have a womb like we did, you on my um, uterus right now we did some research yeah. last season about I, don't, I went down a rabbit hole about like it was like it started off of like do do menstruators sync up and then it became about like how men have like menstruation envy and if you go back through like like millennia there's all this research of like men that like bloodlet together or like you know because they that? want like they actually like would bleed out of their penises like they would make themselves bleed and do it monthly like in tribes and stuff because they wanted to be like the women and then like there's theories that like the cis men like, we should say cis, cis, cis cis yeah cis men. and there's and and then there's like this theory that like fight clubs and like anything where you like you know bleeding and like suffering together wow is, it's because of that they don't have because, their monthly bleed right mm -hmm. and they don't get and, to like come together into tents and like commiserate and i mean it's true yeah. like once you take the shame out of it and stuff like i've noticed this year like it helps me in a way like especially if i've been like as i've been journaling more like i can start to see how my emotional cycles do kind of follow my period mm -hmm. and like or just or maybe your period just helps you kind of track those emotional cycles where you're like i was feeling like this last month and now it's my period again and it's like men have those same like emotional like again cis men like very reductive and like this you know gender is a spectrum but it's like there's like a lot of like cis guys like they have that same like cycle but because of the way society like raises them like they don't yeah. know that like they don't know they're pmsing too it's just like called something else like you know and yeah. it's like but and so i think that's also like when you get in relationships sometimes like with cis guys or it's like the good ones I guess like where it's like they're aware of your period like you kind of like start to like have these like emotional sinks like together <laughs> and it's and it's kind of funny um, I was gonna ask also like what were there cis dudes that heard your tampon 100 tampon joke like what like what was the like the funniest reaction you got like I imagine one guy being like a hundred is like Way so like not enough. Right? Like, <laughs> well, that's why I like making jokes for like people. Like, I, I liked making a joke for like people who menstruate to kind of have an in joke with each other in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, where it's like 
some of this this is what's funny to me with this like certain like reactions from certain guys like is like (laughs) like my other feminist shit and like especially like some music I do with my band like free the mind is so violent like where it's like we have like a joke song about like gouging men's eyes like I have a song (laughs) called like all older white men should die but not my dad like you know I have like it's so good and um You know, I would I would love to present my dad to you and then you can present your dad to me and then we can make a collective decision on like what we should do. It won't be up to us us ultimately. But like that's true. It's true. But it's like (laughs) but like so this it's like this went viral for a reason in a way because it's like a a palatable like thing, even though it is like edgy, I guess it's in its own way because it's about periods. But like so it's like when when guys still had like a super fragile reaction to this i'm like please do not look up my other shit like you are going to freak you can't handle the fuck out like what kind of fragile comments were you getting i mean most of it was like dudes having breakdowns over the fact that like this was a nice thing those nasa men were trying to do and i have the audacity to have a popular joke about it you had a couple you had some pick me girls in there being like i would be happy with 100 tampons i think it was and it's just like again that it's that's not the joke like and then it's like then you had like guys like i made a couple tiktoks off of them where they're just like this is why nobody does anything for feminists because look you try and you laugh at us like and it's just <laughs> and it's like which is literally you know, the worst thing I, that could ever happen to us it's the worst and so it's like but I feel like 95% of like guys are like like you know like yeah that's ridiculous but it's like also a good way to get the conversation started like of just like yeah I mean maybe you should just know some pretty basic shit about periods like Mm -hmm. if you have kids who menstruate if you Mm -hmm. have people in your life who menstruate like it's like you know just a good way especially like in work environments I think a lot of people were like kind of sharing it and it's like I I think it's good because that was not like even look at look at like period commercials like you know pad commercials still have to use that blue liquid and stuff so it's like right. we're not at the place where like and even sometimes my internal reactions like I still sometimes will have a reaction at, that somebody else talking about their period is like graphic like not externally but like in my mind I'm kind of like oh and I realize mm-hmm. it comes from like just like that feeling of like it's something like gross to talk about so mm-hmm. it's like you know I like that it seems like we're getting to the place not in all circles obviously but of just like if some guy has a reaction of like oh 100 tampons thing like it's like oh like you would just be like you're insane you know like it's just yeah. like grow up and like let's talk about it and it's like so that's like a good thing is I feel like you know a lot of guys like wouldn't be bothered by our trying like to understand periods and like especially if you date somebody who menstruates it's like you cannot like no like you can't sit there and like just be like I don't want to talk about periods I don't want to hear about it like too bad like too bad there was some guys it's funny because like on Instagram like my my settings are so that you can only comment if you follow me so some guy like followed me just to like comment on a bunch of random videos just like just like a hundred like they were trying to be thoughtful like they were trying to be nice like and then one guy oh several comments 
where they said, you don't understand how like the microgravity in space works and that's, and she's going <laughs> to bleed extra. And like, they were like huh? scared and it's like, oh, that is not just... based in science. <laughs> I mean, when you click on their profile, it's like a 17 year old kid from Uzbekistan. It's what like, you know, like, what's a man, what's the term for mansplaining when they're like totally wrong? Right. Exactly. Dumbsplaining. Yeah. Just, Microgravity. Like, <laughs> They're not, they're not used to feeling like the out group, I think. Like, yeah. they're not used to, like, feeling like... Um, Joke's on them. Yeah, so it's, mm-hmm. like, really, that's what they don't like. They, they don't like the first thing. First of all, they don't like... There's a lot of guys who are just, like, this isn't funny. And it's just, like, all right, I mean, like, a million people shared it, so there's got to be something hitting about it. You know, it's, like... So <laughs> they don't like to you. be on Move the out on. group there. Yeah, I mean, they're... Trust me, there are times where it's like I see 400 billion people sharing a comedy thing that I truly don't get at all. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, but I'm not going to sit there and be like, no. Like, <laughs> so Actually, like, you're wrong. This is not yes. funny. So it's like, you Good got enough. mad. And with, with like, you know, with humor especially, it's like, if you're that pressed, it's like you're you're mad that like this has found power in something you like didn't didn't want it to like you know you didn't want people to talk about periods it was always supposed to be gross and not palatable or universally funny and it's like guess what it's universally funny that nasa tried to give 100 tampons to the first yes. american woman going to space like and who knows how many they give them now you know yeah. 90 yeah <laughs> you're right okay we got it we heard the feedback well, also it's like can, well and they really did apparently like they were gonna like tie them together like by the strings because they didn't know like because somebody tweeted that at me and then I looked it up to make sure it was true or it was like it's like yep like that so it's like so I'm sitting there like you know give me the 100 tampons but like do I get like a little doggy bag if I don't use them all like because I can take those home can I take them you know what I mean seriously they are gold yeah I I did the tiniest bit of research while we were talking and I found an article in popular science and uh, it implies that most um, uh, bleeder astronauts uh, choose to use uh, birth control that like stops yes. your menstruation. Mm. Yes. And so, and they said, for your like, honeymoon even the, or if you're going to space, ladies, get on same. birth control. <laughs> Cut it out. Because um, it's like, uh, there are some advantages to suppressing menstruation. The toilets on the American side of the International Space Station are designed to recycle water from urine, but they aren't designed to handle menstruation blood. Um, and it clots. And wh- we know this, ladies. Uh, we know. It's chornky. Um, but, uh, but what I love is the idea, like, Russian side though they are ready for it. They know what to do with blood. <laughs> you know? Why they call them the red, the red, the reds? What? This what is the thing. Red I will say the one reds. thing about communism: they're not going to shy away from bodily functions. Like exactly. it's like That's you true. have to know what's going on. You got to dig a hole in the ground. You got to be ready. That's yeah. right. Like, you know, Meg. I think I read the same article as you just now because I I was curious. Like, it, yeah, where does the blood go? Does gravity yeah. fuck it up? But apparently. It doesn't float up. It, it your body knows to eject the shedding. Well, that's also yeah, what the whole thing was sh- like. Squeezes it out. Like you know that these men were terrified that she was going to go up there and blood was going to shoot out of her fucking eyeballs and ears and nose. Like they're like and attract oh, like space Martians and the space way that we bears. Hundred percent. Yeah. They weren't space worried bears. about her. They're worried about them. Like it's like they. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I'm sure they loved her like you know I'm sure that's why they tried but it's also just like 
rather than like have an uncomfortable like all right you have a period we assume uh, because the thing too they don't even know if she had a period or not like it's like what the fuck like they didn't even like it's like and also it's like yeah so you know oh my god (laughs) nasa trying their best yeah they never responded they're gonna kill me straight up there if i ever get you put them back on the map. Everyone was like, is NASA still a thing? They're like, oh, big girls. I, I honestly did notice a bunch more NASA t-shirts popping up all of a sudden. It's like, where's my money, NASA? But yeah. You're welcome, NASA. You're welcome, NASA. But they, I, I thought I'd at least get one tweet from them, like a little ha-ha. That'd be right? funny if they just responded, LOL. <laughs> I think, bad. I think yeah. I think they're There's trying to keep, the, they're I trying think to they're still it. like what what did what it, what they what? don't want don't you know what it. and this is probably true <laughs> and you know what this i'll have to look but i would assume that they never responded publicly because it might result in scrutiny towards their current number of female astronauts oh and the you fact that I mean? they literally like <laughs> fucked up the first all women space travel like exactly. over a very simple thing mm-hmm. and they Ugh. sent a female teacher to space and it fucking exploded because they're trying to shoot it up while the tv cameras were on even though it wasn't safe yeah challenger uh, i had oh. a teacher that was supposed she was like made it to the final rounds <gasps> and and like didn't get accepted and i'm just like i mean uh, like Woof. anyways nasa's got a lot to answer for <laughs> yeah damn there's still i was just before we uh before you hopped on the call i was telling meg <clears throat> i was having an outdoor drink because it's a lovely night in San Francisco. Mm. And uh, and I was with two cis men. And I was like, yeah, we're going to, you know, talk <laughs> to this so comedian <laughs> about, you know, a song she put out and it's about Sally Ride. And they sent her up with 100 tampons in space. And it's like, you're the first woman. And they're like, oh, um, double check your research, though, because Sally Ride was the teacher who died in the Challenger. I was like, mm, no, no Sally Ride was the first woman in space and they're like no 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 i'm so sorry it's i was like <laughs> and i like did the very annoying like i'm googling this in your face and Good. then they kept Dumb messing it up again man's like, things that you don't yes. know and then they were like oh so she was the female astronaut who died on the challenger i was like no not every female astronaut has died like <laughs> it's oh she was uh anywho so i just I love that, that it's like even when they it's sent like, a female teacher like, into space and Google like, must yes, be wrong. Right. <laughs> Everyone's just gonna skip this because we're so fucking annoying. Because uh, we know nothing about what we don't we're know doing. what we're doing. Why do you keep telling me all the ways that I'm inevitably gonna die? If I don't die in a really fucked up, unusual way, I'm gonna be so fucking mad. I'm horrified to live my life, but also horrified for it to end in a really bizarre way. When I give you these survival tips. I need to know that when you die while using them, you won't haunt me. Oh no! This is At Your Own Risk, a survival comedy podcast hosted by us. I'm Dana Drew, and I can't stop thinking about my inevitable death and how to beat fate. I'm Sarah Bassey, and I'm horrified by the unending reality of living my life. Join us every week as we validate each other's fears of life and death. And learn tangible survival tips to prepare for nightmarish scenarios. Listen at your own risk. See you next Tuesday! I was wondering, um, when did you get into musical comedy? Like, when did you start 
writing writing funny songs it was a it was definitely a journey I mean um so I've been doing stand-up since I was 19 I started like really young um and like I was in Portland Oregon and I like had a fake ID and thought it was like super cool um and then I moved to New York in like 2013 and was just doing stand-up I mean that that was really just the goal for a long time but I was kind of like a failed musical theater kid and um which honestly a lot of comedians are and um (laughs) because it's like for me I was like I'm not great at auditioning and I could have all of I could take vocal training for my entire life I would never have a musical theater voice so I was like I gotta find another way in um but then I started doing music with my band Free the Mind uh, with my friend Isabel Martin. And that was probably, I met her in like 2015. Um, so for a while I was just writing with her and I really had never, like, I was really shy about singing and I still kind of am in terms of like doing sincere songs. Like that's that's why I love mm-hmm. comedy music because it's like, actually let myself sing better when I know that there's like you know that I'm trying to get a laugh because it's like people aren't really focused on like if my voice is perfect so just like when it's good they're like you have such a good voice you know but it's like a couple times I was like gone out and just like I I never did like a music open mic but I was just like at club coming which is like a cabaret bar out here I was just like playing a sincere song on the piano and I'm sure it went fine I just I hated it because you can't gauge like you just have to trust that they like it like I need I need a laugh every 20 seconds or I assume that they they hate me so um (laughs) what's that like (laughs) I mean it's like it's just oh yeah (laughs) you know last per minute um but then so then I guess like probably about three or four years ago I started doing my own songs as well as my songs with my friend Isabel, which I still do. Um, And then, and then, yeah, just kind of like wrote a few songs and then the hundred tampons. um, I started writing with Isabel and then basically finished it solo. Um, And that was like 2019. Um, So, and then, yeah, released like a solo EP this past year after the comedy central clip came out. Nice. Um, So, so that, so it's been, it's been, a long journey that kind of has like dumped me back to like kind of where I was originally maybe more inclined to be in that musical space. That's so mm. cool. Um, that's so awesome. I, I feel that's so hard. I yeah. I mean, I love to sing. Uh, the three of us all we all love to sing. We love to harmonize. Um, Ooh, but we try. Get on TikTok, singing, girls. Oh, I know. Tell Sincere singing is horrible. I mean, it's just the most it's pain, horrible. That's, that's the whole reason I like never wanted to sing is because I was never that girl who just like goes in the middle of the cafeteria and everyone's like, oh, my God, be quiet. Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> Wait, who in your school was Katie's singing in the cafeteria? So you went to high school musical? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's always, first of all, because Oklahoma, where I grew up, is like super Christian. Mm. So there, there's like a church singing. And then also it's like in youth group or like wherever. There was always just that one really confident, like good singer girl. And like the adults love it, you know? So then they're like, you guys. Like, and then it was like people were nice, but it just drove me crazy where it's like, she'd be like, and then like everybody around me be like her voice is so good and i'm like what a a fucking you know i mean like (laughs) 
I'm gonna but, break her knees. Yeah. And then I think also I Oh my god, sorry. This, that girl was always my enemy and it wasn't her fault. Like it's like she absolutely. was just it, I was it was my own jealousy, my own insecurity. I was just like, how dare she do what I'm terrified to do? Sure. But then like um also I realized recently that American Idol specifically made me so paranoid in a way I don't think I would have been because right as I was in that like ninth grade, whatever, working up the courage, trying to do choir, trying to audition mm. more and sing more, American Idol came out and I had never understood that you can think you have a really good voice hmm. and be completely tone deaf and not able to sing. Like, hmm. I didn't know that that level of delusion could exist in people. So, of course, <laughs> my brain was like, it exists in you. This is what you oh, are. Oh, no. You can't sing. You only think you can. Because I knew I didn't have a musical theater quality voice. I knew I didn't have. I, I knew I wasn't fucking Michael Phelps. But it's like, I didn't know that you can still have a very good voice. Just Michael Phelps, who a, famously has a beautiful singing voice. Michael Phelps, who's smoking weed all day, who's singing like a goddamn <laughs> angel. Um, with that lung power, it really would be a waste if he couldn't sing. That's I bet so he true. can hold the note. He's going to be on The Masked Singer, you guys. Just wait. It's wow. going to be him You've in heard a it dolphin here first. costume. <laughs> Please tell us about Handmaid's Tale, the musicale. Oh, that- it sounds amazing. That was really fun. Yeah, that was like it's a parody musical that me and my friend Melissa Rich wrote um, a few years ago. And it was it was cool because basically like I had read the book and also like watched the first season of the show because the first season is basically just the book. And then um, I just couldn't stop thinking about how funny it would be to take like this level like of story and like apply it to just like spoiled girls like in well like in Brooklyn you know like sort of just like (laughs) what if this happened to like me other privileged people like girls who are like raised in this whole like um you're not gonna do that to me like mentality like, I just thought it'd be funny <laughs> to see it on both spoiled people and just like Brooklyn like millennials in general you know so like we played on those dynamics and like you know it was I loved like you know the 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 show and the movies or the book is so graphic that it's like I thought it'd be funny if like Janine, the one-eyed bitch, that's what we called her, the girl whose whose eye they take out. <laughs> we had that played by my friend Arthi Golapudi. And it's like basically we just have her or like because everyone even in the book like just kind of acts like Janine's super annoying. And so it's like <laughs> so it's like Janine gets like her eye gouged out, and then it's like she's like, guys, they gouge my eye. And we're like, Janine, like stop. Like it's God. like you have to stop. and we did like um we had really fun songs like you know singing about like because I'm sitting there being like you know like what would what would bother me the most and like for me I'm sitting there like yes I don't want them to like you know mutilate me and also I wouldn't even be able to have weed while they're doing that like you know it's like (laughs) double even like yes like my vices I normally have so so is that we had um we got some like political commentary and we made like the main evil um aunt who like trains them we made her called aunt Betsy DeVos and it's like basically how like she's like you know fucked all the schools to the point that she could like be in charge of all the women and then we like turns out that she's like a lizard person and like um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> comes from like so a this long is a line. 
documentary musical mm, or? absolute documentary yeah <laughs> you know it was very topical for the time like we did it for like a year and a half and it was like uh you know I would say like a Trump era piece like you know where we're kind of trying to get those hits in and then we ended up taking it to the Kennedy Center um in Washington DC to their uh it's called That's the amazing like, terrace I mean it was awesome That's like, incredible festival and it was at their like terrace theater so it's like a like 500 seat theater and then we sold it out like we we had first we just did one show and it sold out so they opened up a second and then we sold that out we did them both on the same night but it was super interesting and like cool because basically Betsy DeVos is a billionaire who's evil and tries to control all these horrible things with her money right now basically Mm -hmm. her and the CEO of Chick-fil-a are two of the biggest financial supporters of this anti-trans legislation that's like sleep it's like sweeping the country Mm. like so to them too and if you think about how all the anti-gay legislation was like happening in like the 80s and 90s it's the same kind of thing where it's like these like you know super right-wing christian groups are like actively taking measures to try and like criminalize like you know being trans so um she does this she tries and throws her money around which a lot of like you know evil quote-unquote philanthropists do Mm. and so she is apparently a huge financial donor to the kennedy center oh Um, so apparently there was some press piece about our show going there where they mentioned the aunt betsy devos and if you remember how the republicans self-victimize after michelle wolf's correspondence dinner where they oh she my sure god how dare you talk Sanders about sarah's joke. eye makeup exactly and that's where it's like you know girl boss capitalist feminism is like <laughs> we will protect our own against your evil makeup jokes like um, but, perfect smoky eye how dare exactly. you exactly <laughs> yeah so apparently uh betsy because so the kennedy center contacted us and they go look we just want you to know keep in mind I'm still working my full-time job as a receptionist like you know at the at the time and even you know after so it's like me and my friend who wrote it are are just comedians who haven't even been able to quit our day jobs we just happen mm. to have this amazing yeah. kind of festival where we're going to DC <laughs> Betsy DeVos contacts the Kennedy Center or you know probably not her herself but like her people and is like basically we heard about this Handmaid's Tale musical and about this Aunt Betsy DeVos and we just want to remind you that like the DeVos Foundation is like a huge supporter of the Kennedy Center <laughs> and, and Kennedy Center on our behalf said we don't censor our artists period good um, for them yeah so and then they told us that they did that and they're basically like we just want to give you the heads up but we would never ask you to remove it from the show and so I'm like <laughs> like just like that's wild yeah dude you got under betsy devos's skin like how does it feel that's fucking awesome with art i hope she was musical dream yes Mm. i hope she was briefed and there was some some this is the tickets were like 40 dollars a piece and there was some couple that came to the late show um and stood up in the middle of our first song and like flipped us off for like two <laughs> minutes and then left sweet bro and you got 80 dollars from them and we got 80 bucks from them i think yeah. i mean yeah so but it ended up i was like fuck betsy devos and it's still fuck all betsy DeVos all day because she's Always. still yeah exactly she's still using her large amounts of money 
um, to try and promote charter mm-hmm. schools. And she is like basically one of the two biggest backers behind these anti-trans legislation so don't you forget it folks that is so cool though like yeah yeah, you you got under her skin you kept maybe you kept her up at night maybe there was one night where she was like (laughs) oh artists i would have gotten away with it too (laughs) i mean this is the thing comedy is the ultimate threat Mm -hmm. to fascism because it's like that's the across the board in history the one thing they can't tolerate yeah. I mean, Trump never. As people Trump laughing would never at go the, to the White House dinner. Like they didn't happen. He like cannot laugh at himself. Yeah. He cannot. Correspondence. It's because it's such a threat to a, a manipulator and a gaslighter. Because basically, if people are laughing, they don't have to explain why they're laughing. The in joke is that everybody understands this unspoken thing that you're this like stupid evil guy. So they can't use their manipulative power to explain away why the joke is wrong. And it's like that's why there's power there because any sort of direct attack, they can gaslight and manipulate and double speak and like do all this stuff and be like. I support schools and da da da, but it's like mm-hmm. if I write a song calling you an evil lizard bitch who wants all schools to <laughs> fail so that she can take over the things and people are laughing at every line, there's nothing you can fucking do about it. Played yeah. by the amazing Eudora Peterson, who will be um, and already is a huge star. So nice. look out for her, everybody. Um, cool. Well, what's next for you Marsha like what do you have coming up like you've had these amazing hits and amazing successes I mean that's what is interesting and and at times stressful about the comedy uh journey is that like you know when we were doing handmaids it was kind of like what's next and I'm sitting there panicking because I'm like I don't fucking know and then it's like you know and I'm and and you start to think there's nothing next and we did a musical in between called Fiddler on the Rooftop Bar which was another parody which was really fun because I got to play Tevia it's about basically Tevia is like a superintendent in Brooklyn and the Heim sisters are his tenants and they're getting evicted by Jeff Bezos and Amazon um (laughs) So then the 100 Tampons thing came out um, and I got the Comedy Central set. And so now basically I'm working on um, pitching like a musical TV show and um, just it's just keeping writing my songs because like, you know, the live performances are back. So that's also a weird thing is like normally you have a TV set come out and then you kind of like tour and stuff after. But that wasn't really an option with COVID. So um I'm just like really enjoying like being back in Brooklyn. I feel like really lucky to be a part of this like really kind of random like musical comedy like cabaret scene that just like Mm. has popped up in the last like five, six years out here Mm. Um, and maybe across the country because I know there are pockets like in Chicago and LA and like lots of places. Um, So just like being really grateful that there is an audience for that and just trying to build my stuff there. Um, and then the long-term goal is like to like, you know, eventually like receive enough grants or investors or whatever to like stage an, an off-Broadway comedy musical. Like That's um, so awesome. Yeah. That will be, that's yes. the goal called Jingle Queens. It's about, well, actually I shouldn't give it away, but you know, it's about Jingle Queens. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. And now, and now we all get to improvise premises for exactly. <laughs> yeah, go off. And I mean, honestly, like right now, what I've been doing a lot since the hundred tampons is writing like some of these commercial jingles. And it's like, if anyone out there is listening and you like my shit, like please hire me to do your jingles because I will get it stuck in people's head. And I'm telling you, you can make 
that is how you can sustain a career and do whatever you want because it's like if you get these like commercial jingle gigs I mean Barry Manilow apparently wrote like a lot of the jingles that we know he wrote the State Farm jingle (gasps) he wrote the um he wrote I am stuck on band-aid and it's like so he got to do whatever the f he wanted in his career because he was making all this money off of jingles so cool that's what i'm trying to well you heard it here listeners get on and also just let me be tampons girl i'm like please tampons just give me like a freaking national i can change my right to 100 tampons yeah exactly (laughs) boom exactly (laughs) i'm like listen i just quit this horrible customer support job i will sell out in one second do whatever you know i won't sell out my beliefs (laughs) but i will sell out anything else (laughs) um should we wrap up with the three crazy questions um I'm ready. before before oh. you do Kate and Meg um I wrote a Uh-oh. surprise song. Let's hear it. Should we get a snap? Lottie Hayes. Um I don't know if that's the idea. I just want um, something. So <laughs> what's okay what what's the wait what what tell us. What's I wrote happening? a surprise song that is a 100 tampons part de. Now let's hear it. Now look is it worse than the first one? Yes. But most <laughs> most sequels are. And so I did that mm-hmm. on purpose. I purposely <laughs> purposely the sequel underperformed. The whole brand though. <laughs> That's true. Though. That's great. I can't It's wait. funny. After this, I'll I'll write the prequel. No, I'm just kidding. Great, great. <laughs> I'll do it a cappella. Okay. Um <laughs> I know, right? So we, so Meg is the only one that can do original songs. So this is a parody. This is a parody. Perfect. Which right. we love. Okay. I'm just going to go for it. Uh, so, okay. Sally Ride returns to Earth from a mission in outer space. She shakes some hands and heads on home to unpack her space suitcase. Then 100 tampons tumbled out right onto a bed. She forgot those dipshits tied tampons into end. Sally's cramps begin as she struggles to untie them. The blood is coming, but the knots are staying. So Sally makes a hard choice. (laughs) Sally puts a tampon up with five tampons hanging down. Her vagina has tampon udders. She curses rocket science because they tied 100 tampons. That's it. Wow. You love it. Uh, well done. Shout out to Stevie so Oh my god. Shout out forever. Do you ever. know that like Brianna was one of my like pandemic songs that I would just like no. play to soothe myself? Wow. Do you remember that it's also what we played when we did Blood Magic in my kitchen? (gasps) Marsha's learning a lot about us. Um, (laughs) No, great song. Great job. Thank you so much. Love the song, Mac. Mac would love it. Yes. Mm. Stevie, give us a call. (laughs) Gotta have the sequel. 
what happens when she lands? She throws the tampons to them like a football. She's like, what if then she actually, yeah, (laughs) she actually does need them and, and she finds a a use for them all tied together and Mm -hmm. then it saves her from some disaster in outer space. Like currency with aliens. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Tampon wrap. An alien is getting its period and needs a tampon anyway. Okay. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. Questions with Marsha. I'm not sure if you Let's saw these it. ahead of time, Marsha. But, I did. Um, I did. Okay, cool. Great. So, question number one: If your period were a TV character, uh, what TV character would your period be? Oh wait. Okay. So for some reason, I was thinking TV or movie character. Go so for that's it. Fine. I decided to go with um, the guy from Groundhog's Day because for me, the biggest, especially in quarantine, like the biggest like trippy thing about my period is just kind of like again like where it's just like (laughs) that I remember that's what freaked me out when I first started is like I don't like I didn't like anything when I was young that once it starts you know it's gonna be like uh, forever basically like until like you're old like you know and you're just like dang I guess this is just my fucking life now as I just bleed once a month and I remember took me years to accept it and I don't know if I ever fully have yeah so so that's my period that guy love it Hey, if your period could be a historic event, which would it be? Oh, what did I decide on this? Did I pick one for this? Let's see. What do you guys have? What have you guys said in the past? Oh, yeah. I was going to say we're happy to share. I mean, earlier you were talking about the Challenger explosion. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but mine aren't that dramatic, to be honest. Like, if I have really rough periods, if I like Apollo 13. I mean, I'm very blessed. I, I'm thankful to God. Like right now, you know, it could change at any moment. But right now I'm a solid, like heavy as fuck for two days, mm. light for two days, gone completely for two days, right to the point where I'm going to wear like white underwear and I'm, I'm confident <laughs> fully back for like a few hours what? and then never seen again. That's my pattern for my period Your right now. Your period is a son of a bitch dude yeah so what's a historical event that's like a sneaker attack that's That's like a sneak attack i gotta wear panty liners for basically like for safety like two full days after because it's dude on day three my period's more or less gone but then on day five i'll get spotting for some reason most of the time and then and then it's just gone after that you know so let's help let's help her out what's uh i know What's something that disappeared for two days? Oh, uh, Jesus's return. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> the sure. resurrection of Christ. There we That's go. What my period is. I love that is. answer. I love that answer. Oh my <laughs> your, God. Your period is the Stations of the Cross. You know, it's yeah. incredible. It's kind of rough. <laughs> Results, you like my super like, Jewy phrasing too. I'm like, how do you call it? Uh, the Jesus return. <laughs> yeah. Jesus come, does the whole thing. <laughs> you know, down, when the up. Jesus, when he goes down, he goes up and he comes back and he's like, hello. <laughs> that whole thing. That's my period. It's like, that. it's totally like that. Oh my God. Love it. So good. <laughs> oh my God. That one's great. Okay. Last crazy question. What's your period's catchphrase? Oh, um, oh, what did I think of? Oh, I was, um, okay. You know, and this same guy is like, like, I'm back. Something like that. Like, where it's just like, uh, oh, oh, or like a surprise, bitch. Something like that. Like, something like, I like it. I like it. Uh, oh, oh, uh, hey, Kool-Aid. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> 
Your period is schizophrenic. Uh, your period has a lot. My of, period's got yeah. a lot of catchphrases. We're in the pitching room. We're snowballing. Yeah. We're just. Yeah. Trying I was to get like, it. wow. If Kool Aid wants to sponsor the show, please. Uh, give well, us I can that. imagine that the Kool Aid Corporation actively works every day to never be associated with period or period blood. <laughs> And they have propaganda at middle schools to make sure if a kid even starts to make that joke, he's taken out immediately and placed into one of those Utah wilderness, you know, boarding schools. Like, yes. Big Kool-Aid is not about to be associated with menstruation. Anything they'd red. rather be, They'd rather just keep being associated with the Jonestown massacre. It's like, oh, they'd yes. rather have that. That's fine. That's period. probably why they work so hard to be associated with cults. If you keep them focused on those jokes, yeah. they're yes. not trying to pivot to period jokes. They're not jokes. thinking about this direction. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I really Any. like the Stranger Things um, spinoff. <laughs> yeah. The Kool-Aid Corporation. It's just yeah. like, oh my God. exactly. Yeah, they're all. It goes deeper than you think. Um, yeah. So if I had to pick one catchphrase for my period, I think let's go with uh, Hey Kool Aid. Love it. Great. Obsessed. Love it. Hey Kool Aid. So, Marsha, oh if, our, if our listeners wanted to keep tabs on you and find you, um, where can they find you? Please, yes, please download my album, 100 Tampons, and I'll have new music out soon. Um, follow me on Instagram. It's Marsha Sky, M-A-R-C-I-A-S-K-Y. And on Twitter, it's Marsha Belsky, same first name, B-E-L-S-K-Y is my last name. And yeah, if you're in New York, come and see a show. And if you work for any sort of tampon company <laughs> or any company at all, please sponsor me. I will be your 100 Tampons girl. Yeah. <laughs> Marsha, thank you so much for being on Vicious Cycle. It was an was honor a and a delight to talk what to you. What a damn It was blast. so nice to meet you all. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Well, I think we have a new best friend. Seriously, that was so fun. I just love chatting. Chatting I with love comedians. love a good chat. So fun. I also cannot wait to go to New York. Maybe we could just like plan a gal's trip. You know, I would the love three of that. us and B. Okay. I'm also I'm excited for Marsha's musical comedy career. If that's what yeah. Broadway has in its future, I'm there. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Then I think Broadway has a chance. <laughs> uh, that was stark, Megan. <laughs> Thanks. Well, listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode with the amazing Marsha Belsky. Next week, it's just us three gals talking some bleed search. So join us next week for that. In the meantime, hey, join our Patreon. There's some fun stuff happening over there, including some bonus content from this episode and other episodes. Find us on Instagram. Subscribe to us. Tell all your friends. And as always, keep calm. And, and pack 100, 100 tampons. 100 tampons. and performed by The Go Ahead. Find them at thegoaheadmusic.com. And our Vicious Cycle logo was created by Katie Newman. Find her at katienewman.online.